politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here in the house for Tuesday, April 26th, here to fight for life, liberty, property, your own body, and your right to breathe freely. Um, and, and that's really what this is about, folks. Is this about the fight itself or the outcome of the fight? That's what we're going to discuss today. Process versus outcomes. Um, you know, a lot of people are excited about Elon Musk buying Twitter. It's everything. There's basically nothing else in the news if you listen to the conservative uh, blabber sphere. And, and look, I, I get it. I get it's not, it's not a small matter. I understand uh, more than anyone, I've been censored for 10 years on that platform. I've been shadow banned. I'm one away from a permanent ban. Um, that's really the only site where I have any sort of following. So if I got banned, it would be pretty devastating for me. So it is a big deal. Um, you need a medium to get out your message uh, that people follow nowadays. But Twitter is not everything. There's more to life than that. But to some of my colleagues, and I'm not saying all of them, it, there's certainly what to talk about and how the left you know, uh, is terrified of an equal playing field. To them, that's tantamount to censorship because they can't compete in the realm of ideas. We all agree to that. But to them, Twitter is everything. To them, the fight is everything. They enjoy the ride. They enjoy taking selfies of themselves. They enjoy the politics. I'm the opposite. I hate it. I hate this. I hate all of it. But we got to fight for our lives. It's the outcomes that matter, which is why we're always focused here on discernible policy outcomes, whether it's political, policy, legal, wherever it is, where is our, our biggest leverage? What would we do if we were ever in control, you know, on crime, on borders, on language, on culture, on national security, on medicine, healthcare, the biggest sector of the economy? What sort of regulatory authority would we have on the rest of the economy? Most other hosts and, and so-called conservative figures do not have answers for those questions. Because the fight is an end to itself. And that's why they're obsessed with Twitter. Don't get me wrong. It's important to have icing on a cake. It's important to have a harmony with a melody. But a harmony without a melody and icing without a cake. Well, what is that? It's just a bunch of noise. And that's what it is. What is it you're fighting for? It, it's just very frustrating to me that a lot of these people that never contribute anything of substance, all they care about is, oh, drinking the liberal tears today over Elon Musk buying Twitter. I, I get it. I'm excited too. But it's got to be a means to an end, not an end to, it, to itself. We are right now treating a virus of tyranny very late stage. Kind of like treating late stage covid after it was mismanaged, you didn't have proper treatment, and worse, the hospital gave you a bunch of remdesivir and, and uh, sedatives that slowed the breathing. And you have to go all out now. You have to find everything scientifically that makes sense to throw out that patient to save him. Well, that's where we are as a country, but not just as a country, but as a people. We are coming two generations into a phony conservative movement 
uh, perfidious Republican Party. And it's not enough just to be happy with what's going on now. And and look, if you're there for the fight for politics as an end to itself, it's a great time to be alive if you're a right-leaning guy. The left, the polling is in the toilet for them. They're going to have historic losses. You know, DeSantis is owning them in Florida, and, and, and there he really is on, on you know, substance of policy. And obviously the, the, the Twitter thing, it's a great time. We can now hopefully go on Twitter, maybe, and say whatever we, we want, and that's that's a great thing. But it's not enough coming this late in the game. You know, again, if you have a situation where you allow one team to cheat for seven, eight innings, and they're ahead 10 runs, you have to play that game very different now than you would have at the onset of the game. And that's what people need to understand when we debate, oh, you know, do you support, you know, going after big business? And, you know, Daniel, I thought you believed in the right to dis- to discriminate. Well, when you have 40 years worth of this damage and we're coming this late, we got to even up the score. In other words, it's got to be outcomes based. And then on the other hand, because of the good news, the left really is losing on many fronts. Now is the time to press our advantage. Don't just spike the football on memes and social media type of things. Harking back to what we were talking about yesterday with you know certain promising uh, uh, momentum in certain state legislatures, but not many of them. Now is the time to get into special session and deal with these vexing issues. Don't wait until after the election. That does nothing for us. That's federal. I mean, they'll probably grow their state power, but they already have supermajority trifectas and trifectas many places. I know I sound like a broken record with this thought, but I can't move off of it because to me it's the most important observation in all of politics. If you cannot pressure and focus Republican supermajority trifectas at a state level, right here, right now, you're never going to change anything ever. You're never going to get a better time when you have state control, but the Democrats have federal control. So people blame them for everything. That is your time to press your advantage. But as of now, almost every state legislature is going out of session, already out of session, until next January or February. What, we're going to wait till then? We have the momentum now. Now is when we need to push our advantage on every major issue that matters. And my fear is it's all going to be about the process in itself, the campaigns and elections in itself, the spiking the football on Twitter as, as an end to itself, without actually pressing our advantage. And, and frankly... Ironically, if if the Republican Party and the conservative movement, oh, the Republican Party is never going to change, but if we could somehow pressure them, I believe we need a new party. But if your thing is, oh, let's let's win over the Republican Party, well, do it then. Do it. Focus. Stay focused. It's not going to happen on its own. But ironically, if they were to do it now, they'd be better off than ever before because precisely the fact that Republicans allowed the left 
to advance into our territory for two years, do the most radical, illegal, immoral, illogical, inhumane things ever without really changing hearts and minds. They didn't win it properly. It's like if you unnaturally allow an advancing army to come deep into your territory despite your defenses. In a rope-a-dope maneuver, you could then crush them because their supply lines are, are, are weak and they're stretched too thin and too deep into territory that they haven't built the proper infrastructure to hold. And politically speaking, that's where the left is right now. Even with the fundamentally radically transformed society and educational system, the median, you know, 50-yard line of American politics is nowhere near where the organized left and elites are. And that's amazing news. That means there is so much we can do. It's a rubber band effect. To the extent that they took that power, ill-gotten and people are rebelling against it, you could ride that momentum to accomplish things that are maybe two, three levels above what we would typically be able to implement. Now's the time. Rather than have one legislative body in one state pass one good thing here and there, okay, so Tennessee did this, New Hampshire did this, but even then it's usually only the House, doesn't go anywhere. Imagine if we had 20 states pass our 10, 15 items on medical freedom, going after big pharma, constitutional amendments, for rights to bodily autonomy, locking up the criminals, protecting people from political persecution, on the other hand, deporting illegals at a state level, fully going after the rainbow jihad, using power to defeat power, wherever it is, tipping the scales, putting your thumb on that scale, whether it's you know local and state government, in terms of education, libraries, the type of material that's put out by education and health departments. Don't just block the bad stuff. Put out good stuff. Make those states un- inhospitable, in- inhospitable to, uh, to the left so they don't want to move there. That's what we need to do. I've never seen a greater opportunity for this in my lifetime. The issues are so vexing. What is the plan of all these conservative talking heads to deal with the millions upon millions of people that are injured? The tsunami of cancers and blood disorders and heart disease and neurological disorders, strokes that have occurred and are coming down the pipeline. Young, young people are going to talk about you know, some of that today. What is their plan? Now, yes, I will tell you, having popular social media channels to put this information out is important. But are you going to put it out? Are you going to relentlessly focus on outcomes and not just put it out as a meme to have a great talking point and get on, you know, talking talk shows that day and make some money off of it, like the, the, the grifting conservative movement does, but to actually see outcomes through, stay with the issue. Well, for one, that's that, that's going to be my agenda. That's what I want to do. Now, one of the big problems we have to deal with is obviously inflation, and that comes from Republicans supporting 
massive spending and crippling sanctions on Russia, just as much as the Democrats do, by the way, create a massive ripple effect across the world. It's not just gas at the pump. Food prices are soaring right now. Everything is soaring. It's it's real. So as inflation continues to skyrocket, the dollar becomes more vulnerable. Transition some of your nest egg to something of worth with gold and silver from Birch Gold. That's right. Birch Gold will help you convert an IRA or 401k into tax-sheltered account into gold and silver. I just used their um, no-obligation free info kit to convert one of my IRAs, you know, when I filed my taxes last month. Um, it is something that is definitely worthwhile. Save your money, shelter it from both the government and from the casino stock market. Text Daniel to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. There's no obligation. Again, Daniel to 989898. That's Daniel to 989898. And folks, I do apologize. My voice is gone today. I don't have a cold, so I don't even know what the deal is. It might be uh, allergies finally getting me despite my uh, high vitamin D level. Really, this this is the latest in the season I've gone without problems. So uh, just bear with me today. Um, I want to I start off today's discussion with... This statement from Nagar Woods, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, she's a professor of global economic governance, global economic governance at the University of Oxford. Here's what she had to say in Dubai a couple months ago in November. At Davos a few years ago, you know, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more. So we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less. So we can lead, but... Did you hear that? The good news is the elite across the world trust each other more. The bad news is the majority of the people trust the elites less. Now, it's pretty amazing, the hubris, how they call themselves elites and they, you know, think that's a good thing, but she's not wrong. On the one hand, we have more division than ever, but it's, it's all coming from the elites. They themselves are united. But they're recognizing increasingly that the people are uniting against them. And truly, it's, it's been amazing that... For the first time ever, I've had liberals on this show. We've had international liberals on the show from other countries, and we're kind of coming together. Those that are intellectually honest and aren't on the take from this and just kind of want to do the right thing, we have a huge opportunity. Like I said before, this is not just about a matter of, oh, creating a conservative party, a true conservative movement, just for a conservative base that really never had representation in our body politic. But so many people would join it. Everyone recognizes that irremediable level of corruption now. And there's no reason why we can't strike while the iron's hot. But folks, we need to fall on our sword. We need to fight for our ideals. We can't fight for other people's ideals. A perfect metaphor for this, I, I meant to mention this yesterday with the border, terribly sad story from Fox News. Illegal migrants 
a missing National Guard soldier, soldier tried to rescue were involved in drug trafficking. Two illegal migrants who are now missing, basically a Texas National Guard soldier tried to save them from the river and he himself drowned, but it turns out the people he was saving were drug traffickers. It's classic. In many ways, and he is dead now, they found his body. In many ways, this is emblematic of what we've been doing as conservatives for so long. We fight for the ideals of others. We fight for the principles of others. We're principled in all the wrong ways. We help purchase the rope to hang ourselves. Isn't that ter- terrible? This guy died trying to save drug traffickers. And again, I don't want to besmirch his, his memory. He was just doing his job. But why do we have our soldiers doing that? Oh, Daniel, aren't you humanitarian? At some point, it's not our job. I'm sick of it. Our job is to protect our people. If you want to hire a private force, not paid for by the taxpayers and representing the government, the people through the social compact, you're welcome to engage in that. I, for one, am going to engage in humanitarian relief for our own people with them pushing poisonous therapeutics on people, with them blocking treatment in hospitals, turning into killing fields. That's what we need a solution for. But I just thought that was a very ominous metaphor for everything we've done in this country. You know, Republicans are now yelping. This is from uh, Congressional Quarterly. Lawmakers are eager to approve more Ukrainian aid. It's not enough. Republicans are pushing more and more. More weapons, more supplies, Joe Wilson of South Carolina, John Cornyn in the Senate, um, Liz Cheney, of course. And they want to help hospitals and medical care there. And again, I mean, I don't mind, I mind that less than the weapons. But dude, what about our own hospitals? Why, why is it that if you're an American politician, you can only care about other countries? You're never allowed to care about your own. And by the way, what we're doing there is terrible. We're literally empowering neo-Nazis. We're fueling a a civil war that's going to go on. We're going to get more people killed. It's the worst of all outcomes. And what's interesting is, I can't find where I saw this, but comparing the aid given from America versus Germany, the UK, France, every other country around there, we're more than everyone put together by a factor of who knows what, five, ten If the countries right there don't want to contribute much, why should we? Oh, I thought this was, you know, Putin being the next Hitler and Ukraine being the next Poland marching through the rest of Europe. If they really felt that way, they would donate. But you know what this is? Just like Big Pharma, you have big defense. And they needed another big war with, you know, finally after 20 years, all that garbage winding down. So they needed more for us to fuel. It is one of the worst policies imaginable almost on par at a geopolitical level with what we did with COVID. And yet almost every conservative Republican elected official is completely bought into it, and many of them more so than Biden himself. So again, you know, one of the things you can do on Twitter now, maybe, I don't know if you can, but supposedly with Elon Musk in charge, is you could speak the truth on Ukraine where you couldn't before. Assuming the censorship has stopped, I don't know if it did, but here's the deal. 
are these phony conservative talkers going to do that? Or are they all bought into the narrative? This is not okay. And then what else is not okay is what they're doing to us with COVID. I want to go over just some of the latest on that. Um, We haven't talked about this much since uh, last week. Yesterday, the FDA expanded its approval of remdesivir to children 28 days and older. Imagine that. So they won't approve a single other thing. I mean, everything from famotidine to HCQ and ivermectin, aviptadil, um, metformin, you name it. All these things. But they'll take a drug that after two years, I never thought we'd be in this position. After two years of it being a toxic, ineffective drug, not only do the facts not work to neutralize it and and take it off the market, but they're expanding it to a cohort of people that never get sick meaningfully from COVID, even if it did work, and it has so many risks to it. For a strain of the virus that is not even a problem for adults anymore. That is how sick it is. For those of you who can't believe that our government would directly work with pharma and engage in genocide, there you have it. A drug that had to be removed from an Ebola trial because it was causing too much liver toxicity and kidney failure. And by the way, I found that it also causes pancreatic necrosis as well, so it takes out three organs. There's a lot of pancreatic problems that are lingering from remdesivir, and that's a whole nother story. Guess what? Now they're going to push it on infants. Absolutely sick, sick people. Nothing matters anymore. No amount of evidence matters. And that's the thing. Now they admit all this stuff is problematic. But rather than discuss, okay, well, let's take this off the market. I mean, there's one thing if it was amazing for COVID, so you'd say, well, maybe on the one hand it works, but it never worked, and now it's a totally different strain, and it's clear as day it has negative efficacy. No, they're doing it anyway. And I want to go through some of these news stories demonstrating that, that they know what it does. And it doesn't matter anymore. The attitude is like, yeah, we have to find a way to power through this. Well, why do you have to power through this? Just take it off the market. No, because it's genocide. And again, this is another example of the fact that you have to use power to defeat power. It's important to communicate on Twitter and put out the data and and people like me are going to keep doing that. But you also have to have an agenda of which levers of power you're going to use and how you're going to use it and a plan to get it to the goal line and pass the goal and score a touchdown. You're not going to convince them. There's no amount of data we could push at this point to take remdesivir off, to green light ivermectin and the same thing on other ailments that they're blocking treatment like I think on cancer. They're never going to, to take the shots off. They're going to continue pushing them. The only way to stop it is to stop it. Is to use the power you already supposedly have, if you believe Republicans um, could potentially be convinced into fighting for you. And at a state level, you pull it from the market. Look, we did this in Tennessee. On the positive side, we made ivermectin available over the counter. And we could do the reverse too. Take them off the market. 
have a state VAR system. Take all that funding that's been given to these stupid state health departments that are completely unnecessary, the funding that is, and use it for reparations for all the people who are injured. I I want you guys to take a listen to this clip from ABC 15 News on vaccine injury with tinnitus and hearing loss. Take a listen. The World Health Organization is recognizing hearing loss and ringing in the ears as potential rare side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines. For months now, the ABC 15 investigators have shared stories for people who got the vaccine then developed hearing issues. Now the WHO is recommending more studies and alerting healthcare professionals around the globe. Investigator Melissa Blasius is live in studio with a major update on these unheard concerns. They are unheard no more. The leading public health agency in the world is listening and taking action with a report in this pharmaceutical safety newsletter. This is finally the kind of recognition so many people have been hoping for. It was louder than the car radio. We first met Robert Edmonds in July last year when he was seeking treatment from a specialist after developing tinnitus, ringing in the ears shortly after getting his COVID-19 vaccination. I'm aware of thousands of people like me across the world who have been struggling to get their doctors to, um, to work with them, to try and provide treatments or study them. Now, the World Health Organization has published a report identifying hearing loss and tinnitus following the COVID-19 shot as a preliminary signal. That means there's a possible causal relationship between the auditory problems and the vaccine. If we want to have vaccine confidence, we have to be transparent in all that we do. If there are concerns over these issues, And the best thing to do is understand them and their relationship. The WHO's research looked at reports from vaccine recipients in 10 countries, including people who received the Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca vaccines. More women than men reported with the median onset time of one day. And they tended to be young, healthy people, according to the report. Many experienced a quick recovery, although some found relief with steroid treatment. It's overdue. Uh, But yeah, it's helpful. And once we acknowledge it, uh, um, we can start thinking about the mechanisms and possible ways to prevent. So notice they quote this Mayo Clinic doctor in there, they interview him, who himself was injured with tinnitus from the shots. And he's like, it's all about vaccine confidence. We have to work with people, not because we need to do the right thing by humanity, but we have to make sure people don't become hesitant. So notice, it's like, yeah, it only caused 15,000 deaths, 15,000 cases of tinnitus, they said. And tinnitus, you know, is underreported, right? You know that. I mean, well, well underreported, much more so than myocarditis. So you're admitting you have that and hearing loss. Young people, young people. And that's what's reported. So it's likely in the hundreds of thousands. We know that. This is just one of the many ailments. Usually you would pull something from the market with 30, 40 cases of that. And they admit 15,000 documented. Like, yeah, you know, we just got to find a way to work through this. What? And it doesn't even work anymore. I mean, it does work. It's negative. These are the flat curvers. The flat curvers. They're still around. We haven't defeated them. 
It's unbelievable. They, they go on to talk about how J&J actually, to their credit, put tinnitus as a side effect on the shots, but Mo- Moderna and Pfizer did not. Again, go figure. That's the thing. They recognize it already. When I say they, I don't mean like the makers and the government. Of course, they recognize it. That's why they did it, to commit genocide. But I'm saying even, even some of the media, BioNTech, their SEC filing, Securities and Exchange Commission filing for last year. They admit, we may not be able to demonstrate sufficient efficacy or safety of our COVID-19 vaccine and or variant specific formulations to obtain permanent regulatory approval in the U.S., the U.K., and the European Union. <laughs> they admit they could, they've already injected 2 billion people. And like, yeah, it might not never be safe and effective enough to get full approval. But we already injected 2 billion people and are continuing to push dose, you know, more doses and then push it on the remaining babies and toddlers. Again, this is willful, willful genocide. It's not just enough that, okay, now we could talk about it on Twitter. That's great if you plan on doing something with it. What are you going to do about this? To all those who have bigger audiences than me, bigger names, and earn you know, 10 to 100 times more than I do doing this, my question to you is, what is your plan? Where are you headed with this? Or is this just a talking point as an end to itself? Twitter can be used as a means. But is it just an end? Let's go through some more news today. Um, This is really probably, in my mind, the most important news of the day. Igor Chudov at his Substack um, terrific, terrific catch. A study that was just published last week by NIH researchers. Okay, it's a preprint MedRx. Um, the title is Anti-Nucleocapsid Antibodies Following SARS-CoV-2 Infection in the Blinded Phase of the mRNA 2073 COVID-19 Vaccine Efficacy Clinical Trial. Okay. And they found a very interesting thing. Their question was, do the vaccinated acquire the same full-spectrum immunity as the unvaccinated? Again, these are NIH researchers. Think of everything everyone knows and is being told about the shots. Think of the military being destroyed over it, people's jobs being destroyed, lives being destroyed over this shot. And they asked the simple question, does it convey the same immunity as prior infection. And in their own words, they found among participants in the mRNA 1273 vaccine efficacy trial, so they looked at the participants in the Moderna trial, they found anti-nucleocapsid antibody seroconversion at the time of the study unblinding, 53 to 149 days post-enrollment, occurred in only 40% of the recipients as opposed to 93% of the placebo, okay? Do you understand what that means? We talked about this before. Um, A UK paper seemed to indicate this, and now the real-world data indicates this. Um, This destroys your immunity in several ways, right? Number one, it shuts off your T-cells. It Number two, it... It 
trains the body to obsessively respond to the Wuhan strain um, versus, you know, even when you get other strains and then subsequently even other respiratory viruses. So it's original antigenic sin. But then there's another component too in that it focuses like a laser beam on S spike protein antibodies. It only recognizes that birthday hat on the cell, not the nucleocapsid, the N antibodies. It doesn't create, I mean, not the nucleocapsid of the SARS-CoV-2 cell, so it doesn't create an N antibody to it or not as many. And, and probably even the 40% probably waned much quicker too. What that means is that you can never get sterilizing immunity to this. This is why we're seeing all these people get the virus two times, three times after getting the shot. It's literally Orwellian. It's literally the opposite of a vaccine. A vaccine is to, supposed to create immunity. This ensures you can never get immunity because it constantly creates Viral immune escape is very narrow, narrow spectrum, so it always mutates around it. It only recognizes the hat, not the nucleocapsid. And yes, the spike is very is very toxic, but on the other hand, the mRNAs create the spike, so you get injured by it, but then it only recognizes that. And at a minimum, you could still at least get it to some level, if not get it seriously, which certainly they do. It's unbelievable. This finding is unbelievable. Straight from the horse's mouth. They found, listen to this. They found that for those vaccinated persons whose breakthrough infection occurred after the second dose, their ability to develop N antibodies was 13 times worse than in the unvaccinated. For any given viral copy number, the odds of an anti-N seropositivity were 13.67 times higher for the placebo arm than the vaccine arm. That is insane. They also note there was an Irish study that showed low rates of anti-N seroconversion in fully vaccinated people with Pfizer shot in hospital healthcare workers. This is a separate study. This is unbelievable. This is crazy. It's right there. I, I, I Again... Where is the effort from all these big names to go ahead and forge a plan in the state legislatures? What are you going to do to ban this poison? This is worse than Planned Parenthood. The, the things that this does to a human being is surreal. I never knew I would get myself into this. You, you went through the journey with me. Okay, I kind of stumbled into it. When I started talking about it, I never thought it was this bad. I knew there were problems, and I went to where the evidence is, and it all jives now. You look at, um, where is this? You look at the latest Walgreens data. The unvaxxed have 10% positivity, right? So they, they track all the, you know, because they administer a lot of tests. They track the um, positivity by vaccination status. Unvaxxed have a 10% positivity rate, one dose 16%, two doses 35, three doses 41. Literally flipped on its head. Again, not to get too crude here, but it's kind of like that bean song. The more you eat, the more you, you know what? So the more you, uh, the more you jab, the more you damage your body, the more you need more jabs. And it was brilliant. They literally create the virus. 
They help it mutate. They ensure that there's more of a need for it. It's really emblematic of the cycle of government on everything, on economic and fiscal issues for years. They create poverty and exacerbate poverty under the guise of fighting it. Healthcare in general, the more money you pump into it, the more money you need. Education subsidies, same thing. That, that's what they do. That's the cycle of government. Except this time, they did it on our own bodies. So it's, it's truly disgusting. Another thing, this from Rebel News. Rebel News, Kelly Brown. I want to get him on the show. He's a COVID data analyst, financial investor. He's working with Ed Dowd. He found data in Alberta and British Columbia that show excess deaths are are up to 70% more than historical averages and e- e- but the problem is after a rapid acceleration in July 2021 the 0 to 44 age group saw a catastrophic 25% weekly excess death rate for approximately three months that cannot be explained by suicides, overdoses, or cancers. They went through all that, you know, because there has been an increase in overdoses and suicides. Obviously, a, a big part of it is what we've done to people. Again, this is utterly insane. And then you go back to the lockdowns. How states got away with Locking down children, closing school, going remote for months and even years on end, and certainly masking them. Emily Oster, professor from Brown University, she just published a study. They looked at district-level schooling data based on their mode of education. Was it you know um, hybrid, uh, fully in-person, or remote? And they assessed data for math and English language um, passing grades for grades 3 to 8 across 11 states. So across 11 states, student pass rates declined by 12.8 percentage points in math, 6.8 in English language between 2019 and 2021 on average. But these declines varied by state. Among the states in our sample, declines were largest in Virginia and smallest in Wyoming. She found a direct correlation, very strong correlation between the amount of time they had in-person schooling or didn't have in-person schooling and the rate of decline in passage rates. So for example, districts in Virginia offered in-person instruction for an average of only 9.7% of the school year, and they had by far the worst outcome compared to 86.5% of the school year in person in Wyoming. Now, I would point out, yes, the red states, some of them did differ, including Wyoming, and had in-person instruction, but most areas, they were fully diapered up the entire time. So let's not get too carried away with the differences. And you're slowly starting to see them pass good bills. I mean, Doug Ducey in Arizona finally signed a bill banning all future mass mandates and several other things. But you see how easy it was to pass that. Why couldn't you have done this two years ago or at least one year ago? Why is it always too little too late? And that's my point. Don't be happy with what we're doing. It's in our power to do so much better.
So we've been talking about utilizing political power to its fullest, using power to defeat power, uh, utilizing your God-given momentum that you get, whether it's a news cycle, whether it's uh, an event, a you know, like like Elon Musk buying Twitter. All right, well, what do we do with that? That's what we're talking about today. Don't just sit and dance in the end zone. Let's get outcomes. That reminds me of our next guest. You see, I want to have a little bit of fun today, talk about something lighter, but but vitally important, just as important as everything we've discussed today. And that's utilizing the few rights that you still have left. Now, one of them is the Second Amendment. Legitimately, we've talked about this a lot. It is one of the only things that distinguish a red state from a blue state where they actually have utilized to its fullest legally. Uh, we're now at the point where half the states are constitutional carry. So for most places within the state, you don't even need a license to carry. That's great. So we've utilized it politically. But on the training side, have we utilized it? How many of you know how to win a gunfight? How many of you know how to properly draw from a holster? How many of you feel comfortable carrying? You might be able to carry, you might own, but how many of you feel comfortable? And I've been shocked at how much we're leaving that on the table, that we have that God-given right to own, carry, but also to train. Do we know how to use it? And with everything going on, you better learn how to use it. So we've been partnering with Patriot Academy for a long time uh, already on this program. And one of the things that we do is go out to uh, a training facility, and we go on a gun trip. It's a gun vacation, constitutional and gun training, courtesy of Patriot Academy, where we actually learn how to use a handgun properly. Uh, the best training imaginable. It's changed the way I train and go to the range, and what I do, I've gotten so much better from it. And then you get to meet me and other people from this audience. It's truly euphoric for me to actually understand that I'm not speaking into a empty microphone here, and there's actually normal people around that share our values. So with us today is Rick Green of Patriot Academy to discuss some of the logistics, answer some of your questions about this trip. There's limited time and spots left, so definitely you're going to want to hear this. Rick, it's been a while, but thanks so much for joining us again here at Blaze Media. Man, Daniel, always good to be with you. Always uh, an encouragement to be with you because I, I know I'm not alone. <laughs> it's good to be with other patriots that, that appreciate these things. And you, you even mentioned it there, just a fellowship uh, when we do these trips, getting to meet people in your audience. And uh, it's the same for me, man. I, I just I think it's important for us to come together in person and be able to talk about these things. And, and of course, the training's phenomenal. The Constitution training's phenomenal. All of that's great. But my favorite part is just uh, getting getting the juice of being around other people that, that share our values and, and finding out we're not alone. So how does this look? I mean, you know, we, we've changed venues. We're now going out to New Mexico instead of Nevada for this next trip. It's coming up very soon, May 22nd. Um, time is of the essence. People want to come, need to make arrangements. Could you describe a little bit what the day looks like? Yeah, you know, we're super excited about this facility. It's the NRA's Whittington Center in New Mexico. It's a massive 30,000 acre place, uh, literally uh, like from the song where the deer and antelope roam. I mean, you're, you're, the mountains are, are all around you. It's gorgeous. There's, there's you know, wildlife. Uh, and then you and then you 
come into these into these incredible ranges that they have. You can actually stay on site. Uh, you can you can even uh, for those that have RVs and trailers that want to do their own hookup, they can do that right almost right across from the range and walk over. It's uh, incredibly convenient and and, and phenomenal. Uh, but then also hotels uh, five minutes away as well. So it depends on. How, how people want to do their actual travel and, and lodging, but uh, the, the, the range itself, the facility itself, uh, is going to be fantastic. The training itself is the, is the same. So it's all the same philosophy and, and really careful, really um, uh, safe, but also um, making people comfortable with their firearm. Daniel, we've talked about it so much, you know, people that are conservatives. I was just giving a speech last night in Abilene, Texas, of all places, and talking about the fact that I had my handgun license for 15 years and didn't carry. And most conservatives have the Second Amendment's bumper sticker. They say they love the Second Amendment. I was that guy. I bragged about it. I talked about it. I fought for it. I passed legislation when I was a state rep for it. But I didn't carry because I wasn't trained. It's exactly what you just said. A lot of talk, but not action on the ground, not prepared for the real fight. That's why the left is winning in America right now, because they've been in the real fight. They've been in the trenches, scratching and clawing in our schools, pouring cultural Marxism into the kids of this country. All of the things that have produced a result that's good for them, terrible for the country. We've got to start doing those action items that actually produce good results. And, and this course is, is designed for exactly that. It's action in and of itself because you're coming together with other conservatives and exchanging ideas and talking about those things. But the training that prepares you to be able to defend your family and not have to depend on a police officer or someone else to step up. And for anybody that thinks, oh, it'll never happen in my community, it'll never happen to my family, that is naive. That was me. I was that fool in Proverbs 27, 12 that walked blindly on and suffered the consequences instead of being the wise person that foresaw danger and took precautions. Over 4 million crimes a year in America, violent crimes in America. Um, you talk about this, Daniel, the jailbreak, the, the prosecutors that won't prosecute, it's getting worse and worse. And, uh, and this is not just a right. This is a duty. This is a responsibility. The founder said if you get robbed in your own home, it's your fault. So this is on our shoulders. We should accept that responsibility and actually uh, be joyful about it. This is, this is actually fun to learn these things. And I promise you, you'll walk different. You'll sit in a restaurant different. You'll have a confidence that you've always wanted. Uh, to know that you can defend yourself and defend your family. So typically people are used to kind of going out at the range, putting up a target, sitting with the tray there, trying to you know get it as close to the target as possible. They're doing target practice. Um, obviously, here the goal is um, to learn how to win a gunfight if you're put into that position. You know, I'm thinking of Psalms 144 with King David saying, praising the Lord, uh, you know, who he who trains my hands for war, my fingers mm. for battle. So how yes. is that training different from what people are used to? It's so scientific. It's it's they literally break it down. When I say they these instructors are the best on the planet. Uh, they've trained hundreds of thousands of people. So they they know how to break down every little muscle memory, every move, every every uh, uh, motion that you that you take. Uh, to fire a weapon, to present your weapon even. I mean, that's one of the biggest problems that we've seen even even in some of the uh, mass murder events where, where you had good guys with guns, but they couldn't get their weapon out in time. They weren't proficient with it, and they still lost their lives or others lost their lives. So it's not a good guy with a gun that stops a bad guy with a gun. It's a trained good guy or gal with a gun that stops the bad guy with a gun. And, and that's what you're trained to do is, is all of those motions, all of that muscle memory, all of the safety, knowing the weapon, knowing the weapon so well that you're no longer nervous about 
using the weapon or touching the weapon or presenting the weapon that uh, they, they, you really get it down to a scientific level. And so they break that down little by little. That's why the course is five days, because over the course of those five days, you're perfecting each of those skills and then you're putting it all together and then put into scenarios where you have to respond and you have to think. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons you and I love this so much is because it's not just that, like you're saying, that physical go target practice. It's the intellectual training. It's thinking it through. It's thinking about the ethics of this. When do I have the right to, to, to take another life, to, to, to actually end someone's life in order to save my family's life? And when you're going to fire a gun, you, you have to know that that's the end result of that. Um, so thinking through those ethical questions and thinking through the legal questions, all of that put together is what makes such a difference. And I want to say to the people that have, that have never fired a gun or, or haven't fired a gun much, that would be nervous about this. Most of the people that come with us are in your shoes and they leave this training confident with their firearm. It's life changing. We've had people come with trauma that, that have had to overcome trauma where they had an incident in their life or someone in their life, you know, that uh, did lose their life because of a, of a violent crime. And for them, it's, it's emotional at the beginning. It's emotional at the end because they're joyful because they overcome that. Um, so I'm just telling you, these, these instructors are incredible. And I don't care if you've trained your whole life and shot your whole life or you've never touched a gun. You will improve. You will be way, way better than you were when you showed up at this training, and you will enjoy the fellowship as well. Yeah, and that's it's it's definitely very enjoyable. I It's been the time of my life, and I appreciate the opportunity you've given me to have such an enjoyable vacation to meet my audience. It's, it's, it's truly terrific. Now, obviously... Um, space is limited. Again, you can go to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel to find out the logistics. Uh, we, we only have a couple minutes here, but d- discuss just some of the logistics, what people need to bring with them, what they should prepare for, um, how, to, how to minimize the cost. Yeah, you know, uh, interesting on this one, Daniel, because of where it is in Raton, New Mexico, uh, it's, it's not close to an airport. It's about two and a half hour uh, drive from, from any airport. A lot of our folks are just driving all the way in, even from across the country, partly because they didn't want to have to fight the airlines over the mask thing. And, of course, now that's lifted at least temporarily. We'll see how the Biden administration responds to all this. But anyway, the, the, the point is you may want to drive this one because it's just a, a beautiful place, beautiful drives. I feel like you're going back in time in, in, uh, in some of this. Um, but if you want to stay on site, you can do that. If you want to, if you want to bring that travel trailer or, or RV, you can do that. If you want to stay at a hotel five minutes away, you can do that. And our folks will help you set all that up. All you need to do is get on our website at constitutioncoach.com today. Click on that link where you see Daniel's picture, and uh, you'll be connected with our folks. Registration is super easy. If you have a firearm, great. You can bring that and use your own. In fact, if you plan to carry that weapon, that's what we recommend you train with. But if you don't, no worries. We, we have uh, extras. We'll, we'll rent those to you, make that available to you. If you're flying and you don't want to mess with TSA uh, and bring your own gun, totally fine. You can, you can rent with us. So equipment and all that, we'll talk, talk you through that as you do your registration. Um, it's going to be beautiful weather. I think we picked the perfect time of the year to do this, and, uh, and we're super excited about it. This is our first time at this facility, but I've been out there to check everything out, and I am, I am thrilled to be in, in, uh, at the NRE's Whittington Center in Rotonda, Mexico, and, and looking forward to having a big group of Daniel Hor- Horowitz listeners with us. Yes, and there's space is limited, so we only have about 15 or so slots left. So you right. guys, you know, as soon as you hear this, again, go to was it patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. It's the other link you can use. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, I gave the wrong website. You're right, Daniel. Yeah. Patriot Well, either either one will get you there. Daniel. Yeah. Yes. That's pa- right. That's right. Patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. Um and again, I mean your boys are 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 helping you 
Um, anyone who has questions about logistics, supplies, things like that, I would just say don't bring those little itty bitty guns. I know a lot of people like to carry yeah. subcompacts. Um, and, and you do want to train on what you carry, but a course like this is very heavy duty. You're doing a lot of clearing of malfunctions. Um, so you don't want a, a tight barrel and, you know, you want to make no, sure you make, you make a, yeah. yeah, you Daniel, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Cause I said, uh, you know, you want to train with what you carry. I actually prefer to train with a larger version of what you carry because yes. the mechanisms are the same, but your hands get tired when you're using that little gun all, all, all five days. So yeah, you're exactly right. So if you carry a little, you know, Glock 43, for instance, you may want to train with a, a Glock 19 and, and, uh, yeah, a lot if you train with a SIG, you know, you carry a SIG, P938, uh, then you may want to train with a full-size 1911, and we, we actually do recommend that. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm so glad you mentioned that. No, that's that, that's a good point. And also, look, a lot of people shy away from fl flying with a gun. If you are flying, I think it's a great idea to drive if you can. I hate flying, even with the mask mandate off. And certainly, if you're from Texas or that part of the country, you have no excuse now. If you're retired, you have no excuse. And even if you got kids, um, especially in the South, a lot of them should be ending school around then. Um, take your kids. What is it? Kids above 11 could come. That's right. 11 and up can, can come. And even if, you know, again, this place is so gorgeous. It's like a vacation resort and, and you may want to come and, and, and maybe some of the family trains and, and some of the family stays with the little ones, but, uh, it's, it is a, it is a very family friendly environment for sure. And we're talking about $500 for the course. That's right. For It's about a hundred bucks a day. You know, most places you train, it's two fifty a day. So this is far less than that. Uh, but, but for all five days, it's 500. And then, you know, if you, uh, if you drive, it's not going to be near, well, you know, with the Biden energy prices, it is expensive to drive. Uh, but, uh, but it is, it is, uh, an investment in your family and being able to defend your family. I know Daniel, for me, um, I went 12 years ago for the first time and now I've put 5,000 people through this course. That's how passionate I am about it. It's one of the best investments you can make in yourself and your family actually living it that's that's what i like about that's it right. you know we um so you don't appreciate it before you came on we were talking about this a harmony without a melody um you know an icing without a cake a lot of conservatives are about status about talking points but then you got to live it you got to live the religion you got to live the education we b believe in and you got to live the Second Amendment, not just even support it legally or something like that. Um, so, so just with the remaining two minutes here, Rick, uh, what are some of the other programs you guys have at Patriot Academy where you live constitutional conservatism, where you live our values, especially to help organize leaders at a local level? I mean, this is what we're seeing now, whether it's state legislature, uh, school board, this is where we're going to take back our country, make red states red again, um, take back these enclaves, make them sanctuaries for our values like the left has San Francisco. Um, how do you feel your organization is helping grow that cause? We're basically the intellectual ammunition for the boots on the ground. You know, I think the, the real pandemic, what's been festering underneath for decades is biblical and civic ignorance. We don't know the principles that produce freedom anymore in America. We didn't teach that to our kids. Uh, and as Reagan says, it's not passed in the bloodstream. It's got to be fought for and, and, uh, and passed on. And we haven't done that well in America. So that's what we're doing at Patriot Academy. So whether it's at a constitutional defense course, like we're going to do in, in New Mexico. So we're studying the constitution the whole time we're learning about how to use that firearm in the same way we do constitution courses in churches and schools and in homes, our, our constitution coaches across the country, 12,000 of them now 
are hosting these classes uh, so that everybody can get educated about it first and then go testify at the school board, run for the school board. We've got a campaign coach program. We have candidates that are winning all over the country for local office. That's city council, mayor, um, you know, school board, county commissioner, because exactly what you just described is the answer for America. Sanctuary cities and counties where we can have a safe haven for liberty, where people can live, where the parents make the decisions about the medical and educational decisions of their children, where the, where the business owner decides whether or not to open or close, where the pastor uh, decides whether or not to open or close, where the, where, where the individual decides what, those, what they want to do uh, when it comes to a pandemic or any other situation in life. We're going to have to create safe havens in counties and cities, and that's what we're training people to do, and it's happening. I mean, I, I, I'm so thrilled at the testimonials I hear almost every day where people get this information, they go through this course, they realize I'm not alone, the principles of liberty still work, and there's something I can do about it. And then we give them the action steps, and they're doing it all over the country, in blue states, red states, but they're creating these sanctuary areas in each of these places. Uh, so people, be of good cheer. It's not all lost. We can restore these principles, but it's going to take hard work. It's going to take investment. This is no longer a time of peace. It's a time of culture war, and that means we've got to give more of our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor, sacrificing more of our income, sacrificing more of our time, our reputation. We've got to start giving more of all of those things if we want to save liberty for our kids and grandkids. Well said, Rick. And as always, folks, you could sign up at patriotacademy.com slash Daniel for our constitutional defensive handgun trip, as well as just comb the, comb the website. There are so many other programs. Um, you have uh, almost a, what, what a six-month university program um, there as well for, for those 18 to 26 to sign up for. A lot of good civic material on that website. We really enjoy this partnership and can't wait to see you guys. All right? Daniel, appreciate you, man. Keep up the good work. So thankful for you and your audience and look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. God bless. So there you have it. That was Rick Green. He's really become a true friend of this program, a personal friend. I love what he does, his organization, his values, and and it's just a lot of fun. This trip is tons of fun. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It, I mean, with, with the inflation, everything has gone up and it's expensive to travel but again if you could drive although gas is expensive but you know you'll save in other ways especially those of you who like to go around in rvs um i would advise making a summer trip out of it early summer trip out of it uh so you kind of kill two birds with one stone if you're taking off from work you know visit some of the mountainous areas colorado new mexico there um and while you're at it just actually learn how to win a gunfight it's it's the best handgun training very few of you have gone through it um even if you think you're good at you know proficient with a handgun um a lot of people are and a lot of people are only good with rifles they don't practice much with handguns but um that's ultimately what's going to save your life in a defensive situation that we find ourselves with today with all the jailbreak and all the criminality going on so, again, space is very limited. They filled up most of the slots. I think we're only going to have 90 this time just because of space. Maybe in the future they'll have they'll use another range as well. Um, I think it will be two or three ranges, maybe three ranges uh, for about 90 people. So only, only about 15 slots left. Maybe if enough of you beg enough for it, we could – Get Rick to open up another range for us, pay for another range. It would certainly be great to meet as many of you as possible. And then, you know what? We could talk, strategize. It's always so much fun to see you guys. 
Um, and we could actually have a bit of fun, which is something we haven't had much of recently. So patriotacademy.com slash Daniel to sign up. We'll have a lot more on other news coming later this week. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.